This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Running Together, the show that gives voice to the breadth of the running community, from elite to recreational, from short distance to the very long. Speaking of very long, I read recently that humans have a rare, perhaps unique, talent for ultra-long distance running, further than horses, antelopes, ostriches, deer, dogs and even elephants. I am not sure if other animals have conversations of some sort, but people often do when they're running. I must try to record a show while my guest and I are jogging. For me, that would need to be slowly. Today, my guest is a person who loves a challenge, and her place of challenge is a familiar one to me and my family. She is also driven by a passion to use running as a force for good. Amy Whitehead, welcome to Running Together. Thank you very much for having me. My children, Brent and Bella, often ask to walk up the pipeline track near the bridle path above Heathcote. They started very young, spurred on perhaps by a reward of treats at the Gondola Cafe at the top. I have heard you describe this track as the pipeline of pain. For anyone who hasn't been up there, can you describe it, please? So the pipeline of pain uh, is a route, as you say, that starts at the bottom of a gondola in Christchurch and goes straight up the gas pipeline, which is about probably a, just under a kilometre to the top. Mm-hmm. I then drop down the, other, down the bridle path down the other side towards Littleton, come back up the Stan Helms track and back down the bridle path to the gondola, which is a five kilometre loop. So, you know, that sounds reasonably doable, but that five kilometre loop has 480 metres of climbing and descent. Uh, so it's, a, yeah, sort of packs that elevation into a pretty short, punchy track. That is decent. And it's not a gentle one, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. There's, you can't really run up the up. It's, it's too steep. And even the down is a bit sketchy for running. <laughs> yes, yes, I've tried um, both and it hasn't worked. So you started your Pipeline of Pain Challenge back in January and each month you've increased the challenge. Can you share with me what it's been like? Has it been almost like a, a bit of a training exercise in a sense that you've, you're starting a little bit light and then progressively getting harder and harder and harder? That's, yeah, that's pretty much how it's gone. So what, yeah, what I'm doing is I've each month I add another lap so in January, it was one lap. And I did question my life choices slightly when I did that because I had <laughs> forgotten how steep the track was. But then in February, I did it twice in one day, and it was 27 degrees and bakingly hot. Uh, so that was less than pleasant. And then since then, it's sort of got easier, although obviously longer and further. So I just did 10 laps for October, which was 50 kilometres and 4,839 metres of climbing. Wow. Uh, which was a 15 and a half hour day. And uh, yeah, I was quite tired by the end. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. 
what training do you do for something like that? I mean, you're talking about a month between or roughly a month between them. So do you do, I don't know, steer classes at the gym or what, what would you do? I'm definitely not a gym bunny. <laughs> I'm, I'm half, I need to do my training outside. But um, as you said, kind of the training from the previous month is sort of training for the next month. At this point in the year, it's uh, by the time you've had a bit of a recovery week mm-hmm. and then a bit of a taper week that only leaves a couple of weeks in between. But I'm sort of doing two to three runs, like shortish runs, an hour or so during the week on the flat, a little bit of speed work, a little bit of mm-hmm. hill work, and then a longer mission in the weekend. So this past weekend, I was up in the sounds and we, uh, my partner and I did a three-hour walk up a hill. Just That's a long hill. <laughs> It was 720 metres from sea level to the top, so it was, yeah, it was a pretty solid hill. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that would definitely help. There's no no question about that. Now, I mean, I'm used to going up it. I think I mentioned to you, Amy, before the show that we kind of cheat. We just do the uphill part. We then have a bit of a treat, and then we come down the gondola. So you get to the top maybe huffing and puffing a, a little bit to get a to lot. the top. <laughs> a lot. The quads are burning a bit probably. Then you're going down. So how does that feel, that, that sort of almost sudden change from really hard up to really steep down? Yeah, it's an interesting transition. It's The lungs quite like it. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit of a break. Yeah. You kind of breathe a bit easier. But it's it's a strange leg transition from sort of real burning, particularly calves going up mm. the hill to dead quads going down and then they'll free up a bit. But then it's only 10, 15 minutes and then you turn around and you're going back up again. So it's yeah. a real quick transition. But I think in some respects it's it's easier because it, you're constantly giving, you know, muscles a break, mm. which helps. I think if you were just continuously going up or continuously going down all day, your muscles would fatigue a lot quicker. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So you actually do give yourself a bit of a rest at each completion of each stage, don't you? Yeah. So we have, the last few months we've had a tent set up down by the bottom of the gondola. And so that's been really good to have, you know, a bit of a break, sit down, have a drink, have a snack, Mm -hmm. get the mind ready for the next lap. Yeah. So we're talking about the, the mechanics of what you're doing. And I just want to continue that for a short time until we talk about the why. You're not doing this alone, are you? You're actually doing it with others. So you're walking slash, well, I'll call it running, with others. Is there an opportunity for a bit of a conversation? Yeah, no, we we definitely have a lot of interesting chats, particularly on the uphill, um, Mm -hmm. because everyone, you know, we're all going reasonably slow. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, you can't really run the up. So it's fast hiking when you've got enough breath to have a chat. Mm. But it's been really amazing. I've had – I haven't run a lap by myself since May. So the, it's, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and yeah. there's one guy who's done every lap since May, which has been phenomenal because I didn't really know Ken beforehand. So mm-hmm. massive shout-out to Ken because that's been amazing. And most of the people that have come out and supported me, I haven't met before. So lots of super interesting chats with people oh, about, wow. you know, what they're doing in their lives, their kind of running experiences. You're getting to know people and probably forming friendships yeah. that may well last, you know, for many years because of you walking up and down a hill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of people wandering past. Cause, so we do it on the first Saturday of every month and mm-hmm. so the Littleton Market's on, on a Saturday yeah. morning. And so there's lots of people we see walking up the bridal path 
you know, who are going over to the market and then they'll come back and they're yeah. always kind of going, hang on a minute, I've seen you three times already today. Yeah. What are you up to? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been really nice to have those kind of chats as well. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, that is such a cool experience. And as you said, you're climbing and descending with others. You're not doing it alone. No, and I don't think I could do it alone, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's particularly these long days towards the yeah. end of the year. It's, it's such a, it would be such a mental battle, I think, to mm. do it by yourself. Because even in October, I mean, you're talking about 15 and a half hours, but I saw a photo of you with, I think you were wearing a head torch and it was looked It was rather, dark. It looked yeah. dark. I mean, so you're talking about, you know, a big chunk of the day and even as the day gets longer, which is probably fortunate. Yeah. So when it comes to December, because that would be 12, wouldn't it? It'll It'd be 12 laps in December, so mm-hmm. 60 kilometres, 5,700 metres roughly. And I think it'll be... About twenty hours, roughly, if things go well. Uh, and but there are only fifteen hours of daylight. In there are only fifteen hours. Yeah, of daylight. so there's going to be a serious chunk in the dark. Oh my goodness! It's not a smooth path, is no, it? No, it's it's quite a technical path mm-hmm. actually, which makes it hard to run. And as you say, as you get tired, it's yeah, um, gets difficult. One of the nice things about being in the dark is you can't see how far up the hill you've still got to go. So, Because you, you can only see kind of what's in your pool of, of light. And actually that makes it easier, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There will have been times over the last 10 months when you would have looked down upon Heathcote and Christchurch and you can see all the way potentially up to Kaikoura and across to the uh, Southern Alps and then down into Littleton Harbour where you would have gone... Wow, this is amazing. Oh, it is the most stunning view from the mm. top. And it changes every time yeah. you, you know, you get to the top. You know, some mornings we're up there and the sun's rising over the harbour and, it, mm. yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, we've had days when there's been snow on Mount Herbert and Mount Bradley um, through the winter, which has been pretty cool. You know, some days it's blowing a gale and you're fighting to stay <laughs> on the top of the hill. Other days the harbour's like a mill pond. So. Mm. You go up the bridle path or the pipeline and just the view, view alone is... Oh. The view is absolutely worth it. Mm. So now we've talked about the technical. Why are you doing this? It's a very good question, and I do ask myself sometimes (laughs) when I'm deep in a a series of laps. But back in January 2022, my aunt Joni passed away with early-onset dementia. She was 66 when she passed, but she was diagnosed in her early 50s. And, you know, dementia is a pretty hard disease. It's hard to watch as people kind of slip away Mm. and lose their, you know, their personalities change. And it's a difficult time for family, well, both for patients, obviously, but also for their families to kind of understand, you know, the progression of the disease and how to best deal with it. Mm. And my uncle reached out to Dementia Canterbury, who are a support network, um, pretty early in the piece to understand, you know, how how to deal with this disease. And they are an amazing support. So they offer support both for for patients in terms of activities and and things to help them in the journey, but also to help the families and the caregivers. Mm. So I wanted to do something to kind of give back to Dementia Canterbury. They're a a charitable organisation, like a lot of these things that run on a shoestring budget. And so, yeah, I wanted to do something to help them. And this challenge seemed like a, a good sort of way of doing that, it kind of, in some respects, mirrors the progression of dementia. And so, you know, it starts off, you know, dementia is sort of something, starts off relatively mild. You can kind of deal with the fact that you've lost your keys or 
yeah. you know, whatever it is. And, you know, my challenge was fairly easy at the start. 5Ks isn't very far, but it's getting progressively harder and I need more support. And we've talked about mm. that already in terms of the, you know, people coming out to support. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it came about. For me personally, it was also a bit of a commitment device. I decided that, you know, this seemed like a really cool challenge to do. And I was like, I need a cause that's going to hold me to it because I may mm. not finish it otherwise. So yeah. having um, kind of a little bit of pressure to, to keep me honest and mm-hmm. keep me on my toes has been really good as well. Yeah. Well done, you. Well, that, that's Thank fantastic. You. So let's do a bit of a shout out right now as far as how can people support you? So I have a Give a Little page, um, Adventure for Dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I like the title. Yeah, yeah, it took me a while to come up mm. with that one, but yeah, I was pretty happy. So yeah, so you can um, support me through that, uh, the Adventure for Dementia page. If you're in Christchurch and want to come out for the next couple of runs, even if it's just a cheer along at the bottom or mm-hmm. come up the gondola and hang out, come and do a lap, love to have people along. So so the one for November will be? It'll be the 4th of November. The 4th of November, that's yep. be Saturday. Yes, Saturday. it's the first Saturday. The first month. Saturday of, uh, of November. Yep. And the of December? 2nd of December. 2nd of December. Yep, okay. and I'll be there all day. <laughs> come on down, <laughs> whenever you want. And yeah. if if you're on the other side, you can easily meet at the, the top on the on the summit road or something That's like that. Right. If you're coming yep. up from from the Heathcote side, oh, thanks so much. So you're joined on the walk by others who walk with you. So I keep using the word walk, but it's not. Sorry, I don't know it's a running challenge, but you get to jog going down, perhaps. So can you share with me perhaps some examples? You know, you mentioned Ken earlier but where it was starting to get quite hard because obviously in October you're talking about nearly 5,000 vertical metres, you're talking about 15 hours. I think it's just having people along for the ride. Mm -hmm. You know, we had people, so I think we had 41 people across the day Mm -hmm. who came out to to run a lap, Um, not to mention countless people hanging out at the tent, Mm -hmm. but it's it's having uh, fresh conversations and sort of, you know, new interesting things to chat about it's a bit of a distraction, I think, in some respects. Yeah. It's just, you know, having someone else to chat to to kind of distract you from the, the pain of going up the hill <laughs> pretty much. But also everyone comes – they're, like, super enthusiastic about mm. it. And I think I hadn't really kind of set out to do something inspiring, but having talked mm. to people about it, they find what I'm doing super inspiring, which mm. I'm very humbled by because that certainly wasn't how I viewed the challenge. But I think that's given me a bit of a lift as well. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's and it's just fun to have people out. They're always super excited and chatty, mm. and, and yeah, great support too with the tent. So we've have cure volunteers who are r- happy to help out for a couple of hours and you know chat to people walking past and you know fill up my drink bottles, change my socks, all of the things that you need to do to keep Perfect. going. Yeah. So it's great. So what's the background of the people that are supporting you? I mean, are they runners, for example, typically runners or, you know, the hikers or, you know, a big, big wide mix? I think it's a real mix. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them are runners that have I, – I run with a couple of groups in Christchurch. Um, Further Faster have a really great women's mm-hmm. trail group. And so there's a lot of people that have come from that group and also Team CP who are – do endurance coaching. I run with them and you know, a lot of those guys have been coming out as well. But we've had some people just randomly turn up who have seen it on Facebook. Um, one girl, we managed to get some billboards last month and one girl had seen me on a billboard and she's like, oh, I saw you. I had thought I'd come. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's a real mix of people, people who run road, people who run trails, 
people who run track, mm. you know, just coming out and having a go. Oh, that's it's brilliant. Good. Back in the day, when did you start your running journey? Yeah, it's been a little bit sort of on and off again. Um, okay. Like I I ran at school because I played hockey and, you, mm-hmm. you know, you need to run to be fit enough to play hockey. But I grew up in Tiano and Kepler Challenge oh, was a massive part of my life. What a beautiful place. Oh, it's stunning. As a kid was w- very involved in the kind of aid stations and mm-hmm. helping out with Kepler Challenge. Um, and so, you know, saw running, like trail running as a, mm. a thing, but never really thought about participating. I did a couple of Luxmore grunts probably 20 years ago now when I worked for Doc and was really fit. So I didn't mm-hmm. train. I just sort of somehow pulled it out of the bag, but I guess I was running around the hills all the time. Yeah. And then I dislocated my knee, so that kind of put me off running for quite a while, a bit of injury, and then Ouch. didn't really get back into running until lockdown, like a, a lot of people. Couldn't really do anything else. Thought it was a good opportunity to, you know, do some couch to 5K, build yeah. it up slowly, don't get injured, all of mm-hmm. those sensible things that we should all do. And then it spiraled out of control pretty quickly. Um, and here I am. <laughs> you started by yourself, you know, and, and as you said, in the lockdown. When did you join a club or, or a group and why was that? I yeah, definitely started out largely running alone, although mm-hmm. listening to a lot of running podcasts, so that sort of is alone, okay. but not, you know, engaged with the running community, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't really start running with other people until I started training for Kepler, which I did in 2021. Uh. And I decided that I needed a coach, basically, because it's like, I don't know how to train for something this big. That's when I joined up with Team CP and started running with those guys, and that's been amazing. And then at the same time sort of picked up the Further Faster group as well. Um, mm-hmm. And they're a great bunch to run with. So can you share with me a little bit about – so I've done the grunts, but I haven't done the full Kepler. It was pretty amazing. I mean, it's a bit of a homecoming because yeah. yeah, obviously I've, I've grown up there. It was very cool to see basically the same people running the same aid stations that they've been doing <laughs> yeah. since 1988 when it, it started. It hasn't a little bit greyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was amazing just to kind of get that vibe and – be you know back out on the track it had been a long time since I've mm. had been on the Kepler track most of my family were hanging out at Motor Our Hut which was pretty cool had a pretty funny encounter with my eight-year-old nephew who had come out to find me because Auntie Amy you're running so slowly <laughs> <laughs> yes wasn't very impressed with that but um yeah it was just such a neat experience it mm. was a brutally hot day it was over 30 degrees so the actual running was a lot of type two fun but such a great achievement to have actually been able to take that off because I had never considered that that would be a possibility. It's a, is it 60 km? 60 kilometers. 60 kilometers, yep. but it's lots of vertical meters as well. Yeah, it's just over about 2,200, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of prepared you in some ways anyway. Yeah. There's lots of up and lots of down, obviously, in there. So you did it in 2021. I, was, I think it was actually January 2022. So, oh, yeah, because okay. there was some COVID delays. All right, okay. So you know, that's a big change from when you were mentioning couch sometime yep. in early 2020 yeah. to Kepler, which is uh, like a massive undertaking. So that, that's a huge learning 
and running development in that time. And obviously you, you successfully completed it. And the conditions, I remember actually hearing about that. That was, uh, that was a tough one. Mind you, I think there was a one previously where they almost got flooded out. Oh, yeah, so there was, rain. I think 2019, was, 2019 was yeah. the year of the swim. <laughs> in 2020, I did the grant and it poured down. It was mm. very wet. So for 2023, you've now got this this challenge. What's next? I've got a few ideas. I have promised my partner he can have his weekends back, so we'll have to do some <laughs> yeah. negotiating. But um, on my long-term list, I haven't really told anyone this yet, but I'd quite like to give a miler a crack. So that's 100 miles. I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a wee way down the track, I think. I'm also curious about these backyard ultras. Oh, yes. I always thought running laps was a really boring, stupid idea, but I've kind of come around a little bit. So, yeah, I'm just curious to see how far I could go. For anyone, very briefly, I will share my understanding of the miler you're talking about, but you can share about the Backyard Ultra. When it comes to the miler, we're talking about the Tarawera. I love how they say the miler. It's actually 100, I think it's actually 102 miles. Um, 165 k's, and that's in the Tarawera region, not far from Rotorua, and just incredibly beautiful scenery, huge amount. I think it's five and a half thousand vertical meters, something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, <laughs> a lot. But it's it's a lot anyway. But it's it's an incredible challenge, and a very good friend of mine has completed it. Anyway, so when it comes to the backyard ultras with these laps, can you explain, please? So each lap is 6.67 kilometres long, and you run a lap every hour starting on the hour until you can't run anymore. There is really no finish. Well, I mean, there's a finish, but it's not until the last person can't run anymore. So the, the World Champs is currently on at the moment, and I think they're on about day three. Oh, my. So it'll be interesting to see how far they go. Wow. But, yeah. We're talking hundreds of kilometres here, the, probably. The world record is 101, no, 102 laps. So it's 102 hours of what? running. Yep, 677 kilometres. Clearly, I won't be running that far. <laughs> oh, this would be amazing. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I, I think that's the next big challenge. There'll be some other things along the way. but Oh, wow. That is incredible. What would be the preparation... More of the same, perhaps, if you were doing the the miler or the the backyard ultras. What were what would that kind of look like? The, I don't know, a typical week's training. Ah, uh, that's what I pay a coach for. So I'm not really <laughs> sure, but I think I mean I think the backyard ultras and the milers would be different. The okay. ba- the backyard is probably more of the same. It'd depend a little bit on what the course would be. They're right. generally a lot flatter. Mm-hmm. Um, You'd hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think part of it is figuring out how to run that distance in a sensible time because you, you don't want to run too fast because then you get puffed and mm. but you don't want to you obviously have got to do it within an hour and you want to be fast enough that you have a little bit of a break and have a chance to yeah have a nap or eat something so kind of understanding pacing i think is the, yeah. the biggest key exactly. for that and also endurance mm-hmm. you know how long can you keep going without sleep so a shout-out to Ryan O'Connor uh, of the Stag Roars podcast that you recently were a guest on. What message would you like to express to listeners of the show about the journey 
you are on and the challenges you have set for yourself? I think it's been an interesting journey and I think it's certainly not something I ever thought I could achieve. So I think the message from that is pick a goal, be audacious and just give it a crack because you never know. You know you're not going to succeed if you don't give it a try. Uh, when I set, started out on this, I I knew I could run 60 kilometres because I'd done it before. That's mm. the December's length, but I had no idea that if I could do the elevation. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, just pick something and give it a crack. If you want to do an adventure, it doesn't have to be something massive out in the hills. It can be just in your backyard, you mm. know, on the Port Hills. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to go very far. So here is something a little different for you. Um, some quick fire questions. So you play hockey, consider it sprints up and down the up and down the field or something like this. So I'll give you some options and you choose what's best for you, Amy. Right. So shoes with lots of cushioning or very little? Somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Okay. All right then. Some moderate cushioning. Yep. So uphill or downhill? Uphill. There we go. <laughs> Seems a common one. Trail, road, cross-country, or track? Definitely trail. Trail. This is your choice of favourite running distance. So I'm going to explain three options for you. We'll see which of these you prefer. So a half marathon around Hagley Park, a marathon over the Port Hills, or 10K in the Bottle Lake Forest? Marathon over the Port Hills. Okay. Said like a true ultra-athlete. Your favourite running workout? A long, long run. A, some short intervals. They might be helpful for, for hockey. Long intervals, tempo runs, hill runs, or fart leg? Well, I think that's a, a toss-up between a long, long run and hill repeats, or hill runs. Hill runs. Yeah. Okay. So you can have a long, hilly run. Absolutely. Okay. Bring it on. Excellent. Morning or afternoon? Morning. You've got it over and done. (laughs) (laughs) You got a tick achieved. At the end of a run, you need hydration. Or during a run, actually, you need hydration. So you can take it either during or afterwards. These are your options. Some sort of electrolyte drink like Gatorade or Parade. Beer. Chocolate milk water or juice? After a run, definitely chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. During some kind of electrolyte. Okay. Warming up or cooling down? Cooling down. I'm a lazy warmer upper. <laughs> well, actually, often it's, we miss both kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> usually collapsed in a heap. <laughs> yeah. Relays or individual runs? Individual. I've never done a relay. Okay. Actually, maybe I should give it a crack. Yeah. Yeah, I've often wondered what I would do if I got injured and I had thought a relay might be a, a mm. good backup plan if I couldn't do it. I'll just make other people do laps, but <laughs> thankfully that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. A runner or a coach you greatly admire? There's no one specific person, but just all the people that get out, like particularly in the trail community, you know, not the not the fast people, but the people that just give it a crack, mm. you know, the, the, the back of the pack people at the race who are out there all day. Like, yeah. kudos to them, yeah, you know, absolutely. having a great time just yeah. out there doing it. Speaking of which, it's the message because there's so much about 
sport that we hear about the elite, about the people that do these incredible things. Some of them get paid for it, some of them don't. What would be your message from your experience? Help people to start on that journey into activity. It doesn't have to be running necessarily. It could be walking, hiking. It could be playing hockey. I mean, there are so many great resources out there on the internet mm-hmm. these days. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons I got really embedded in the trail community was through the Wild Things website, which is yep. an amazing directory of trails in New Zealand. Rob Bathgate, shout out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those guys are amazing. And so have a look online. Have a look. There's bound to be a local group in your area that does whatever it is that you want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always super friendly. Like I not have never been great at joining groups because I'm a bit – I don't know, socially awkward, I guess. But people don't care, particularly in the trail community. They just, people are stoked that you've come out to give it a go. So join up. Brilliant. Have a great time. So Amy, I feel fortunate to share this time with you on Running Together. Uh, Thanks for your insights and inspirations. I'm really grateful for a mutual friend, in this case, Rasul, who's come out to support you. He actually does track and road and cross country. He's just an amazing guy. And thanks again, Amy. And for our listeners, the next Pipeline Challenge is on November the... November the 4th. November the 4th. Fantastic. Thanks again and all the best. No worries. Thanks very much.